This episode is brought to you by Hulu, presenting Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers. From the backboard to the front office, Legacy captures the remarkable rise and unprecedented success of one of the most iconic franchises in professional sports. Featuring new revealing interviews from players, coaches, and execs, this 10-part documentary series chronicles this extraordinary story from the inside. Watch Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers now, only on Hulu. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, do? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show podcast. We mobile today, we mobile today. My son's soccer practice, man, and uh, I said I was going to do a calm recap of the Louisville game. Uh, the podcast episode I put out yesterday and I recorded early yesterday on Sunday, it was more of a rant. A lot of things I had to address, and y'all know me, man. Um, I'm very transparent, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to share with you what's on my mind, not tell you, you know, when you say you're going to tell somebody what's on your mind, something like you're trying to bully them, but um, I wanted to, you know, circle back and do a calm recap on just what I saw after breaking down film and really giving myself an additional 12 hours to review the Louisville game and how do we move on to this North Carolina game and the rest of the season, some of the things we need to address. Um, this episode is sponsored by Aber Insurance. Go to aberinsurance.net. Service in the state of Virginia for over 20 years. That's Aber Insurance, home, auto, business, life insurance. Any type of insurance you need, holler at Aber Insurance. And go to sthujuice.com for all your shut the hell up juice apparel. If you're looking for the UV, the Wahoo basketball redemption shirts, those are available on the website. And also some new hoodies that I just created since this. We're in the fall. Daylight saving time's coming up. So you're going to see more and more hoodie options uh, with my shirts coming up. And um, if you follow the walkthrough, you follow my podcast, and you see the work I do on CBS 19, you can ju- just go to AhmadHawkins.com. That's a hub that has everything that I'm involved in on one page. So all the walkthrough episodes with bonus um, scenes is available on AhmadHawkins.com. All my podcast episodes are available on AmadHawkins.com. And anything else you see me doing will be available on AmadHawkins.com. So let's jump right into it, man. My notes from the Louisville game. If you look, if you come here for stats, it's going to be a little different. I'm not going to give you any stats and things like that because I gave you that in the rant episode. But I did want to give you more of a breakdown of my thoughts and the analytical piece of just the Wahoos overall versus Louisville and also moving forward. So the one thing that I wrote down on my notes is that the Wahoos have to get out of their own way in order to win. Turnovers are finally catching up to us, and we aren't overcoming them. And it seems like on the road, that's been the biggest, the biggest Achilles heel in the sense is that we turn the ball over entirely too much. Versus Pitt, I don't think we had a turnover versus Pitt but I know versus Notre Dame a lot of turnovers versus Miami I think we had a turnover and then um of course this past game we had two turnovers um so that's the main thing is that all season long we've been playing with fire and coming out without being burned because all season long we've been pretty much losing the turnover battle with the exception like ODU and exception of Duke. But other than that, man, it's either been even 
or we lost a turnover battle. And that's catching up to us because we haven't been as efficient on offense. And that's been a common theme. But on defense, it puts so much pressure on them that we're actually looking towards our defense that's been phenomenal majority of the year. And we're asking them that, okay, y'all good, but you're not creating turnovers. We need turnovers. And that's because our offense is turning the ball over. So you feel like you got to get that revenge. You got to get that get back. We got to get the ball back. Um, And that's something that regardless of how our defense performs, we have to take care of the football on offense. From this day forward, we can't throw any more red zone interceptions. You know, I think on the season, Bryce has, what, nine touchdowns, eight interceptions or something like that, or 10 to nine. I know it's only one touchdown difference, I believe. And, uh, you know, coming to the year, it was like, Bryce Perkins was the second best quarterback to Trevor Lawrence. The people were saying, well, Trevor Lawrence is not better than Bryce. And how would they do if they swap teams? And it's amazing because both of these young men have been struggling when it comes to taking care of the football, preferably throwing interceptions. They, you know, they've turned the ball over. And then you got a kid that we're playing against this week in Howell who's lighting, lighting it up, throwing touchdown passes. So what we have to do offensively, first of all, is forget what Coach and I is calling, forget what the offensive line is doing. We got to take care of the ball because I can say this for sure. Offensive line was not an issue this game. Offensive line was not an issue versus Duke. Offensive line held, held their own. Offensive line is firing off the football now and finishing blocks. They're opening holes. Fort Wayne to Alapapa, the Samoan slasher, who got busy in the first half, who got everybody, not him, but our hopes were up because of our ability to run the football, our ability to be balanced, our ability to attack what I felt like was the weakness of Louisville, which was the seam area in the short passing game, and then running straight at them. Louisville's built for speed. Louisville wants you to try to get to the edges. Louisville wants you to try to run gadget plays. Louisville wants you to run slow developing plays because their speed becomes the advantage. And I felt like in the first half, we did everything they didn't want us to do. We ran downhill. We attacked them with a short passing game. Uh, We attacked them in the seams, even when incomplete to Cowley when he was bracketed a little bit. We showed that we will attack you on the seams. We also showed we'll attack you on the edge when Cease Dubois got the deep throw when um, Bryce wasn't expecting the snap. And, the, you know, good fortunes looked out for us. And he took a shot to Assis, and Assis made a great catch. So all the fans were excited, and myself included, with the way that the offense was going until that last drive. And even that last drive, like I said during my rant episode, even on the interception, it was a great play call by Coach and I. Now, granted, you didn't want to throw. You were, well, nah, you wanted to score, okay? Let's go ahead. Let's keep it a stat. We wanted to score. And the execution piece was bad. Whether the ball slipped out of his hand, whether he didn't square his shoulders up like he wanted to, whether he thought that Janet was going to slide inside more. But at the end of the day, Janet was open at the, at the current spot he was at. And it was a bad throw. We come out in the second half. We run like a nice little RPO. Uh, you got Tavares Kelly open in the scene. But Bryce took it upon himself to say, let me go ahead and take these. Guaranteed yards with me running the football. I got a receiver leading the block on the outside. I can get you 12 to 15 yards. He may not have been 100% with his true blazing speed, but let me tell y'all something. Cunningham for Louisville was not healthy either. He was limping every time he was going back to the huddle. So he was in a similar situation as Bryce, meaning that 
they could make plays when they weren't pressured or they were just running in a straight line. Anytime we ran Bryce in a straight line, even in the second half, he did well. He can tuck it and run. So I know he got hurt early on in the game. But when he came back in the game, he looked healthy enough for me to still threaten the defense with his legs because he tucked and ran in the third and fourth quarter, respectively, with positive yards, with chain-moving yards. Now we put in, you know, some ill-advised package runs where we tried a little triple option look with Tavares Kelly right behind him in the, in the um, pistol formation and... Uh, or no, Tyler Pop was right behind him. And either way, they were in the eye formation, and they faded the Tyler Pop going up the middle, and we tried the option to Tavares Kelly, and it didn't work early this year when we did it. And then the little inside flip to Tavares Kelly. Like this was the wrong team to try to outflank to the outside at the end of the day. So this takes me to the elephant in the room, Coach and I. Right, Coach and I has demonstrated that he could give you at least one quarter of great play calling. And then he can give you one quarter of terrible you need to get out of this building play calling. And that's when you have the hyenas lurking, smelling blood and waiting and understanding that Simba is outside of his kingdom. And now you're in the dark side because that's what the hyenas is doing with Coach and I when he just start looking like he's just going off a script. I mean, it really looks like Coach and I just got his script of plays of what he wanted to run. And he's like, oop, I ain't ran that yet. I ain't ran that yet. And I'm not, I'm, and, and I'm not trying to cast aspersions. I'm just giving my, my point of view. It's like, like, oh, let's run this. Oh, we ain't run that. Oh, we ran that early. Let's run this. You know, most coaches have like the ten plays mapped out that they want to run the script, and then they start to put check marks down. It depends on down the distance what defense they send. So you see a lot of offensive coordinators with huge play call sheets or various pages, and they got, you know, certain situations eliminate a bunch of plays. So you go to your it's your call sheet. You go to it's a cheat sheet. Third and long. Here's the plays that I had coming to this game for third and long. Third and short. Here's what I got. They keep running cover six. This is what I got. They're running cover four. They're running cover two. They bringing four people. They bringing five people majority of the time. This is my money play. If you play Madden, a money play is a play that you know is going to work ninety percent ninety percent of the time. You know. That no matter what they run, I have an option for that. So now you got the fire now, folks coming out. Now you got the Bronco Minahal earn not giving. What are you doing with Coach, Coach and I? And I truly believe in my whole heart of hearts that Coach Bronco is a defensive guy at heart, and he's definitely not going to mess with the offense. Some folks are saying maybe he's not messing with the offense because he doesn't want to make it seem like, you know, the blame could be placed on him. At the end of the day, the head coach going to get the blame. That's evident right now. The fact that Bronco is staying out of it and letting Coach and I call what he want, folks are still saying he being hypocritical because it's earned not given. I just tell I just tell folks this. The and it's so it's so crazy, man. The one dude we go out to Coach and I is the one dude that's the biggest reason that we got Bronco Minahaw. That's what's so funny, man, that, like, God dang, dude, are you, like, playing with house money right now now? Like, are you going to keep using that in our face? You know? It's like that father who, who want to be praised because he paid child support. Like, dude, why, how, why are we going to praise you? You're supposed to be paying child support. Like, Coach and I, we thank you for putting that plug in the ear for Coach Bronco to get here. 
but you still are employed and we're still asking you to do a job. And the thing is, you are very capable. If you wasn't very capable, we'd just be like, he just trash. But you, you one of the dudes that's trash with a caveat. Trash when you trash and good when you own. Like, cause some people could be on and they still be trash. Like, you know, oh, they trash. Like, you can have players who have good games. You know, oh, he's still trash. Like, nah, you not trash, man. You really not, bro. Like, you can, you can, like, I've seen it, bro. I broke down too much film that you have the capability of having this offense to another level. You already took this offense with, I'm put asterisks around it, but quarterbacks are breaking all the damn records in UVA history under your tutelage. So you can use that for marketing aspect as a resume builder. Kurt Benker, why the quarterback here at UVA set this record, set that record? Bryce Perkins, why quarterback at UVA set this record and that record? That's, that's, the proof is in the pudding. They said men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Numbers may not lie, but they can be definitely manipulated when you don't give the full context. Simple as that. You know, somebody shared the stat how UVA is like one of the few schools that got this many yards a game, got to win a record. It was because majority of the time our defense, we win the, we win the uh, first of all, we got Joe Reed. Factor in the touchdowns that Joe Reed has scored. We got a couple defensive touchdowns as well. But then you factor in the turnovers we do call short field. You factor in three and out short field. So I think the Florida State game may be the only game this year where we had to repeatedly go over 60 yards and it ended in a touchdown. And that was that fourth quarter. And that was the quarter which I was like, yo, Coach and I, you, be, you, you, you uh, Tony from Blue Chips, something going on. Because when I see the fourth quarter versus Florida State, when I see the first half versus Notre Dame, when I see the first half versus Louisville, you acting like Tony from Blue Chips, Robert. Come on, R.A. Because everybody call you my boy because I'm the one that want to give reason. You feel what I'm saying? Everybody else want to chop your head off. They be like off with his head. They don't want no. They don't want nothing. They just want me to feed the hyenas and be the orchestrator of feeding the hyenas. And like I told you in my rant episode, that ain't me. All right? One thing I think with Coach Anaya is he tries to adjust before the defense really adjusts to what he's doing. He, he, he got to start trying to be the smartest man in the room. Because sometimes you can outsmart yourself. Sometimes you be so smart you're stupid. And I ain't saying he's stupid, but he acting stupid sometimes. The next topic that came up watching this game, courtesy of social media and, and Facebook groups, is the question about Bryce Perkins and Brendan Armstrong. Like, if Brendan Armstrong is available and Bryce is still beat, even I put that up in the third quarter, like, you know, he seemed like he was visibly hurt. But then he started tucking the ball and running, and he just showed me, like, okay, he all right. But you got a lot of folks saying, you know, maybe we need to go with Brendan Armstrong. And that's a legit, that's a legit question, legit discussion. You know, nobody is safe in this earn not given um, type of lane that we're in. But my thing is this. We first in the coastal. It's risky to make a move right now. It's too big of a risk. Really. Because no, you mess around and you started Brendan, right? And just say... You don't win the Coastal. You could be one game out of it, but you just don't win the Coastal. You still, I guess either way it's the same because you don't change. You don't win the Coastal. They're like, you could have used Brennan. 
you do change. At the end of the day, I'm going to go with the thoroughbred that got me here. He's available on my plan. That's how I treat my starters. Has Bryce stunk it up? Yes, he stunk it up some. He hasn't played it to his capability. He has not. He'll tell you that firsthand. But I know goodness well he's carried, he's carried us too much to just unload him and just go with somebody else. That's the thing about it. When a player has been the vocal point and has responded, whether healthy, not healthy, whether bad play calling, whether bad offensive line, whether bad anything, when he's steadily fighting, and if he starts seeing ghosts once the offensive line is finally blocking, come on, man. We got to chill because I think sometimes we're so reactive that we go off the deep end. And, and to me, that's Virginia sports. Virginia sports is we don't make things easy. We don't. No matter how good the basketball team is, we don't make it easy to where it's clear, cut, and dry that, you know, when the ACC regular, the ACC tournament, or the NCAA, like, you just never know. Like, every game that our national championship football team, not football team, basketball team won, nothing was guaranteed. Only game that was pretty much front to back was the Oregon game. When you look at Auburn, look at uh, Vanderbilt, look at all those games. It was like, all oh, was down to the wild. National championship, all oh, down to the wild. Storybook ending, but that's Virginia sports. We make it tough. And look, just last year, people second-guessing even the great Tony Bennett. So that's why I always say Bronco, you know, he can get this work because everybody does that. You could question the coach. I don't mind y'all questioning the coach. But like I said, man, everybody can complain, but who's going to provide the solution after the complaining is done? What type of substance are you going to provide? Yes, we can say, yes, we need to change and put in Brendan Armstrong, but that's gonna, are, you, are you confident in the coaching nine and his play calling? Because just say Brendan Armstrong is there. And the play calling is the same. Is he a better passer than Bryce Perkins? Is he more capable of evading a rush in the pocket? Those are the things you have to provide when you want to have a healthy discussion. If you just want to have a vent session, then you just throw out stuff and you move on. That's it. Like you don't mind how people respond to you because you're just venting or you're just throwing an idea out there. That's why I love to be a part of these various Facebook groups. That's why I correspond on social media because I love healthy sports discussions. I think it's a great thing. Everybody learns from everybody because no matter what your expertise is, no matter what your experience is, if you watch this great sport, you spend your money on this great sport and you take time out of your day to listen to various people talk about this great sport or sports, you have the right to provide your opinion and to continue to uh, create that dialogue. It only becomes unhealthy when name calling comes and when you dismiss what somebody said. That's why I try to make sure I never dismiss anything somebody says. Now, if somebody becomes dismissive towards me, then I just hit them with the mute button. A lot of times people don't know where they muted. They'll know because they just can't, they just won't see me respond to them anymore. And I had to learn that too. I had to learn how to put Petty Hawk on the leash. Everybody loves Petty Hawk because Petty Hawk is very aggressive. Petty Hawk is very uh, real. But Petty Hawk is very real dangerous, not only to 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 the people that is on the other side of him, but to myself as well. Petty Hawk can get me in trouble. Petty Hawk has got me in trouble. To where I was like, oh, yeah, that was bad. Because when I'm Petty Hawk, my switch goes off. My Mr. Idiot football switch. When I play, my alter ego is called Mr. Idiot. Anytime you're involved in car crashes all game long, you got to have a switch. And Petty Hawk is my media switch. But then again, I still got a responsibility on this platform to make sure it's seen in a positive light. And it's putting out positive product because I don't want to be in a negative lane. I want to be in a positive lane. Even though negativity does drive the needle and sponsorship pays better with negativity because everybody checks for negativity. But I can't keep this negativity lane up because 
I can't walk the streets because I ain't no negative dude. I be living a lie. So that's why I wanted to circle back around and talk about this podcast. I mean, do a do a calm podcast. Um, some other notes. I want to say this is the first game defensively. I felt like we didn't meet our standards. Um, I felt like I got responsibilities and our assignment football was really lacking. I think the biggest misconception was the second quarter when Louisville helped us out and they put in their back a quarterback who was not mobile and it was raining and he couldn't get out of his own way and was beating his face off and knocking him down and confusing him. He was just, you know, not very good. If he was a pro, I would call him trash can juice, but he's a college player. And I just say he was not very good that game. Um, so Louisville definitely helped us out. So that was very misleading because I think they had 10 total yards in that second quarter. But that was because they changed their quarterback. When Cunningham was in the game, yes, we got some stops early. But you can see that our assignment football was lacking. It was lacking. And when he got back in the game, they gassed us. Now, now granted, it helped when Jordan Mack got that targeting call, which I thought was very shaky. Even though he, he, he kind of got away with one when he um, sacked the quarterback. And they reviewed it to see if his arm was going forward because I felt like Jordan did headbutt him in the back of the head. But at the same time, um, the one we hit the quarterback face up, you could tell he wasn't being malicious. He was just making sure that the quarterback threw the ball and it's going to be a collision. And as much as you want a defender to try to make sure he keeps the – like uh, uh, you got to see what you hit. So if you're looking down, your head is going to drop down. That's what folks don't realize. You know, you got folks always say bend at the hips. But wherever you look, like wherever you try to hit, you got to see it. And when you see it, your head is going to come forward some. So that's going to make the crown of your helmet show. They can't be robots. But the thing that really irritated me the most, after they uh, removed Jordan and Matt for that hit, which I felt like, you know, maybe you should have retroactively just flagged them and then given him another opportunity, did they miss a targeting on Bryce Perkins, who I don't recall ever, ever receiving a targeting. Ever. And I've seen dudes tee off and headbutt the hell out of him with the crown of their helmet. He never gets protected. He's like Cam Newton in the NFL. He don't get protected. And I don't know what it is, but it, he got headbutt in the ear hole with the crown of the helmet on a third down that we needed. And nothing was called. He fell to the ground. He looked back up to the ref. And it was on, uh, I think, on the pass to Jenna on a dig route that Jenna couldn't dig up. No pun intended. It was a tough, it was a tough catch that he would have had to make. He could make it, but it was a tough catch. I'm not saying it was a drop, but he'll say it was a drop because, you know, he wants to, you know, be great. But I, I felt like they got away with a targeting on that. And then don't get me started on Devontae Cross's interference. That was the bogus, most bogus interference call ever. And and I want to I wanna let folks know this. When a defensive back is beat, they can't look back. I, I said this before my podcast. Play, go outside right now, play from my Buick to your Buick, and, and let somebody get behind you and look up and see where the ball is at. I guarantee you, you won't catch up to the receiver while you're looking back. You got to get to the receiver before you look back because that's where they're throwing the ball to. You got to you gotta get to the landing pad first because they really going to take off if you ain't looking at the landing pad. If you're looking at the helicopter for a land, you ain't going to catch the helicopter. You got to that, get to that pad where it's landing that was the most bogus pi i've seen in years like he didn't even touch the receiver they just assumed that he had to do something because the receiver it was a bad thrown ball also it was super short the receiver couldn't even slow down Devonte didn't even touch him he actually touched Devonte by putting his hands on it to try to push him because he thought he could push Devonte so he could catch it 
in his bread basket. That was whack. But yeah, I think this is the first game that um, defensively we didn't play up to the standard, man. And they'll tell you that. Simon football was really off. Um, they started running at Nick, and I thought Nick, you know, did all, did what he could do as a freshman, man. I thought he could do what he do as a freshman. Um, and I think the biggest loss about Jordan is he's a stabilizer. Because Zane is a dude who's a wild child who's going to go balls out. And I think Jordan can rein him in to make sure he's maintaining his gap responsibility at the appropriate speed. Because Zane is going to see it and fly. And I think Jordan can always tell him, hey, check your gap before you scrape. Gap, scrape, gap, scrape. And maybe gap started compensating. I don't know, man. But but in that second half, there is no way Cunningham – Cunningham's looking like Lamar Jackson. And that tailback is nice. Hawkins, I told you he was nice. But, you know – it seems like on the road we get worn down on defense. And I don't know is it because they're on the field a lot, but you look at Miami, we needed a stop, they go down and score. Louisville, we needed one more stop, they go down and score. Notre Dame, go down and score. And it's all the running game. Running, 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 running. So um, going forward, we got to be more consistent. When it comes to taking care of the football, I thought we we did a great job. Like I said, attacking the scenes with our sit down routes, running the football up. I thought we attacked the two places where they had to now be honest because they started running them wide nines on the defensive end and we started hitting it right up the A gap. And then they would tighten up. And when they try to tighten up, we would move Bryce out the pocket or we would attack the scenes. Like we would we were beating them in that. And then all of a sudden, man, we want to run a day gone quick flip to Tavares or we want to run a triple option to Tavares or we want to run a, a fake to Tyler Papa and get Bryce out on the edge. Like we ran gadget plays when we didn't have to run it. That's why I said like he was just like, oh, let's run a gadget now. I ain't ran one. But at the, I keep saying at the end of the day, but moving on, we still have an opportunity to win the Coastal. The goal doesn't change. Somebody was saying that UVA was overrated. We still first in the, in the coastal. Nobody said how we were going to become coastal champions, and if it was going to be looking easy. But at the end of the day, damn, I keep saying that. That's why I get for watching Floyd Mayweather videos all the time. When it's all said and done, you have an opportunity to win the coastal. Going into November, you control your own destiny. You win, you're in. I wouldn't trade that for nothing. We talking about Virginia sports. You know we make everything hard, baby. That's just what we do. We make it hard. Cardiac cat calves. Make it hard. So I just want to give y'all a calm, you know, analytical breakdown. Um, just to retouch on the points that we talked about. Yes, Bryce has struggled. Yes, Bryce has struggled with his accuracy, um, reading coverage, being decisive, being um smart with the footballs some of the throws into like when you throw into the middle of the field you have to overcompensate and make sure that guy's open somebody asked me bright can bryce throw receivers open when quarterbacks that can throw receivers open are exceptional at throwing the football those are your exceptional quarterbacks those aren't just everyday quarterbacks when a receiver when a, when a quarterback can throw a receiver open that's an exceptional pass passer that's upper echelon 
What I think Bryce can definitely do is Bryce can throw the deep ball. Bryce has now mastered throwing the back shoulder, which is one of the hardest throws. Um, I think when we make our route combinations decisive and, and very different levels on the same side, I think he does a very good job of getting the ball out quick. But I do want to make sure we also recognize our offensive line these past two games have done a good job. We gave them so much shut the hell up juice and try to call them trash can juice, but we got to admit they responded. Them young men took the challenge to make sure they keep Bryce clean, cleaner, open holes up, and get nastier. And they have. Even when Bryce got rolled up on, Marcus Meyer was trying to choke the heck out of that day going line. I mean, he held him, but he just wasn't holding him and, and caressing him. He was holding him and assaulting him. Like, he put his hands on his throat. Like, come here, you ain't going to touch my quarterback. And then he, you know, he rolled into him. But that's just what it is, man. It's the Ball Hawk Show, man. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Appreciate y'all for always listening to the product. Hey, man, and I appreciate everybody that takes the time, to whether they hit me up on Twitter, whether they hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, whether you hit me up through email. Your feedback, man, is, is much appreciated, bro. Much appreciated. I don't take anything serious as far as to heart. Um, everything, all the feedback you guys provide, I uh, apply it, and I try to make myself that much better. And um, I got to do what you, what you guys request because – I put the product out there for you guys. Um, but, yeah, it's the Ballhawk Show. We out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.